And he knows Patty really, really well. A pound? No. <laughs> well, he might actually. <laughs> Patty, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2, Taking Root, featuring Broadway standout and owner of Nikki Venditti Fitness and Wellness, Nikki Venditti. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Stage Door Medium. I'm super excited today because before I introduce our guest, you guys, it's an in-person guest today. It's not it's not Zoom. So if you're noticing why you notice my age lines more, it's because we're using a really nice camera today oh versus my. the Zoom one. <laughs> so before I introduce him, um, Part of the, what we're doing with season two is that we're answering, I like to try to answer questions that you just have about mediumship before I welcome a guest in. So one of the questions I got, and it's a good one, this you guys have been asking really good ones, was why do mediums look to the side when delivering a reading? So if I have the client like right in front of me, like why do I look over here? So a couple things I guess that I, I should explain. First, I mean, I think... I think from the obvious, like if you had somebody like staring at you the entire time, just like this, it, it would be creepy. Uh, I, I think it would kind of be off-putting. Um, uh, it might throw off the energy of the client if they feel like they're being stared at. But mostly, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's really for me. During a reading, my third eye starts working up here, so I start to see symbols. But you're gonna, you can't see it right now, but the walls in the studio are just white. They're plain white. Because for me, images look translucent, like there's an opacity to them. So if I have a solid background, it shows up more easily. So I tune out. I look at the wall over here. That's why I don't really have anything on my wall, because what's exciting about a white wall is nothing. So if I had something fun on the wall or like wallpaper, my brain might start to wander. So just boring white keeps me focused. And then also, another reason why is... Remember, we're as a medium, I'm here because we're talking to spirit. Otherwise, it would just, if I'm just looking at you, that means I'm having a conversation with you and not spirit. Does that, I hope that makes sense, but I always look to the side because that's who I'm having the chat with. And then I'll kind of straddle because if I ever feel like the plug gets pulled from the wall, it means I'm spending too much attention having a nice conversation with you, but not doing my job. We have such a special guest today. A, again, it's in person. B, they're local. They grew up here. They moved away for a little bit. They went on to, gosh, do the national tour of a chorus line. They were in Wicked for just about 12 years. The first national tour, second national tour, Broadway, Trip of Love, Off-Broadway, Contact. Um, oh, and then he's just about to open his own business. His first. I'm so excited to, to welcome him. So please help me in welcoming the incredible Nikki Venditti to our show today. Yay! in person i can do this you can touch me <laughs> how you doing i'm good i'm super honored to be your first in person my first in person yeah um you've been back for a year june is it gonna be a year in june in august august okay but almost so what have you been up to what have i been up to well after like all the move dust settled after coming back from new york city um just 
a lot of growth, a lot of taking it day by day, changes happening nonstop. Um, I came here sort of not last minute. I have family here, so I wanted to come back and be by family, and I'd never lived near my family in my whole adult life. Um, so did a lot of visiting, just sort of like enjoying the novelty of like not living in what the craziness of New York City can bring. Um, driving my car, like picking up groceries, putting them in my hatchback. Doing laundry in my unit. Um, <laughs> Are both mom and dad from here? No. My dad's from here, and then my mom is from Chicago. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Keep yeah. going. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, just I was acclimating at first, and then, you know, I'm a functional health coach, fitness instructor, and things have really just evolved, like, over time. In the first couple months, um, I realized that I can work out of a space here, so not really knowing what I wanted that studio space to be in the beginning. I was definitely thinking like, all right, I'll take clients here. I'll private train this and that. And then as time went on, I was like, my real dream is to have a studio, like have a space where multiple people can come feel that communal vibe mm -hmm. in a group fitness class, um, sweat, be doing good for themselves, but also like, you know, getting in shape and, um, so it really just evolved over time. So I've really been putting so much energy into that in between like visiting family and just, you know, going to having Sunday sauce and my brothers. Sauce. Yeah. Things I never like <laughs> really got to do as an adult living in New York, you know? Well, I have to give you credit. If, if you, <laughs> if you're watching at home, Nikki, I'm going to put up your Instagram. You put everyone to shame. So I, I, I feel like, um, Anna from Frozen, you know how she wakes up and her hair looks like shit and like yeah. she's just like, you've already oh been God. up for like four hours at this point. I go to your story, I'm like getting ready. By like 6 a.m., your feet are already in the dirt, in the ground, and you're like, I'm grounding myself right now. I've journaled, and I'm like, what am I? I'm like, I literally am just like eating sun chips at like 6 a.m. after letting the dogs out. And you're like, I'm ready to start my day. And I'm like, I don't want to go to work. Um, so inspirational. So we're going to put up your handle in a little bit so, so people can see these videos as well. When did you get the bug so that you wanted to do theater? Gosh, I think literally out of the womb. Like I always say, I've been dancing like since I was born um, because I got into it watching my sister, who's nine years older than me, her VHS tapes. I would learn her routines. Very Mike, a la Mike from A Chorus, Chorus Line. line. You know, watching Cisco. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Like, that was literally my <laughs> upbringing, um, complete with all the Italian-ness and, and involved as well. But um, so dancing was always just something I did naturally, and I was, you know, sort of just did dance for a while, and I did um, dabbled in a little bit of local theater in Buffalo before I left, um, and always loved it, but I always studied dance the most and went to a performing arts high school in Chicago. I ended up moving to Chicago with my mom um, for Is high that school. Is that the one Cecily went to? Cecily Strong? Yeah, she was like a year younger than me. We were actually in school at the same time. Yeah. But side note, I don't really remember her. She used to smoke cigarettes with my friend Daniel in his car and listen to Fiona Apple because we were all really into Fiona Apple. Who wasn't? I mean, come on. Who wasn't she, into? I don't know. I know. I want to know. Read on her. Yeah. <laughs> Is she, Seriously, Is she come okay? on. Go there. Let's go. Um, so, but I mean, I had the bug really from the first time I went on stage, I danced at Dance Spectrum in Buffalo, mm -hmm. um, and they do their shows at Shays, which was so magical. I was like eight years old and stepped foot on the Shays stage yeah. and the lights. And 
I just, I remember people telling me, like, my mom will tell me the first dance that I did, my smile apparently was just, like, just through the roof. <laughs> and I felt that way. I just, once I was on stage, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is it. Yeah. How did a chorus line come about for you? So I, um, when the Broadway revival happened in 2006, I was going in and, like, getting pretty far in callbacks, and it was, like, sort of ruining my life every time because I was going in for Paul and I'd go in for Mike here and there. And, you know, those auditions were just really intense. Um, I think just that show breeds that, like, extra intense old-school mentality. Um, so I auditioned. I never ended up doing it in the Broadway revival. And I had already been on tour with Wicked, actually. And oh. I was getting a callback for the tour. And it was just one of those things. I was on the road and... Um, Something in my gut told me, go for this. I was a little flustered with that show because, um, actually, to back up, one of my like most intense callbacks for the uh, for a chorus line, I did not get, and I was one of it was the one time I like literally. This is like kind of shameful, but I went and bought some vodka after the audition because I was just so <laughs> done, yeah. and I like had some. I let myself like have a moment, and but I said to myself that night, I knew I had my appointment for Wicked on that Monday. This chorus line was on a Friday and I said to myself I'm gonna book Wicked I just knew it in my like heart I don't know I miss those days of like just really feeling something you got happening yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna manifest it's just this. different now um but so and I ended up that's when I booked Wicked so I'd been on tour with Wicked and I went in for a callback for the chorus line tour and I booked that so I ended up um leaving the Wicked tour initially the when I I opened the second, second national, national tour I left the Wicked tour to do a chorus line play mm -hmm. Paul um, and then because I was a swing at Wicked, clearly I knew a lot of the tracks. And mm -hmm. so um, <clears throat> closed a chorus line in like June. And then that August, I went and closed the San Francisco company of Wicked of as Wicked. history. Um, and then from there, things just snowballed. Like, because I was a swing and I had luckily good standing with the company. I was then pulled to the first national and um, sort of went back and forth. before. You said something so interesting when we were talking about it before that you weren't ready to access that yet like, when, uh, playing paul you mean that monologue yeah like how do you uh, would you approach it differently now with more life experience yeah totally i think i would approach the whole approach if you will differently uh -huh. you know because i had just come from i was on this path of like just performing and i was in such a dancer mind frame and i had done the radio city show in New York went right to Wicked as a swing and then I go from like sitting backstage quite a bit because in the opening of the tour not a lot of people called out so yeah. I wasn't on a whole lot and then I went into Chorus Line right away where I was again on stage for eight minutes alone doing this monologue and and I did feel like you know I got the part because I just embodied the character naturally to a certain point um, as I'm I think many of the guys that play that part do or anyone in that show um and then I do remember, though, eight shows a week having to deliver that is you need tools. <laughs> and I had some. Yes, yeah, so I agree. Tell me. Yeah, like I believe that I would totally approach it. I ended up doing it regionally a couple years after, and I felt so different doing it a second time. And I think it would be much different if I did it now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, quite honestly, I like, you know, I think I did a pretty good job, but it I wish I had some more tools to, to have to go to that place every night because it's one thing to do it in an audition room and have the adrenaline and, you know, come to tears and 
all of that in front of all of these intimidating people, but it's another thing to do it in like, you know, I don't know, uh, Kalamazoo on a Sunday. Yeah. And let me tell you, like people would, it, it was so silent in the theater. You would hear people starting to rustle and then like you get in your head and you know, it's just, and then I, that's, that's what I mean by tools. Like now I think I'm better equipped to deal with the shutting out, but I would hear something and it would just set me off. And then it was like, that's what I was thinking about and not Paul's story. And so, yeah, it was, it was tough. It happened. I mean, it happens with mediumship. I mean, I, on a weekend, I will take readings as early as I can because there's not as much to trip me up. Like if I, like you said, if something goes off, you know, in the house and you notice it, it starts to pull focus. If I have, if I start to do a reading at four on a Saturday, if I'm up at eight from eight to four, if anything sets me off, like I then view that as like baggage that I have to pull off me before I go into a reading. And I think that's one thing like now after what, eight years of doing this now, I think I have the tools to equip myself more. But I remember when I first started reading people, you know, you're dealing with like heavy topics can not imagine you want to you want to and that was the biggest lesson i learned is like you want to fix them so to speak like i i very much enjoy helping people but when i first started it was like this idea of what horrible circumstances you've had in your life like like i want to fix this as the medium and then i found i was coming home way too drained because I would want to go longer and instead of a half hour chat for one hour with that person or be like, here's my email. Please call me when you have questions. It's on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, boundaries. Boundaries. And then I started draining and I'm like, oh, like uh, I, I, and then I had to start to rewire my brain going, okay, you're putting the good out there by reading them, by relaying the messages. Yes. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I always tell people too, and I know it's kind of unrelated, but I always say, I'm so sorry. Like, like generally around the three to four minute mark after the reading's over, like if I go over, I have to start to wrap up because like. It's draining. It's draining. Yeah. So it's like what we were talking about a little bit before. It's like, that's part of, you know, self-care is huge, especially when you're in um, yeah. a seat that you're in and people really come to you and they, it's a very precious thing for people to put it lightly. And think anyone on the other end on the receiving end that has the sort of wherewithal can respect those boundaries though yes and if people don't that's not on you when i read jen Colella, she did this no one's ever asked me this before and like i started tearing up It, it caught me off guard she looked at me at the end of the reading and she she said thank you and then she was like are you okay and like i like it's it was the sweetest thing for somebody to ask like how are you like you've just been the ferryman for like the last 45 minutes to an hour like and you know sometimes people ask like do you get do you get tired doing it and like i always have to say like yes but i get tired like i get tired like walking the dogs i get tired like going to work full time so it's no different i just say i burn down faster and it's interesting like when i was younger I used to say, well, how hard can it be to be a performer? You're going on for just a couple hours. Why are they tired? Why are they sleeping in? But like, if you're, I, I, I'm going to take a liberty, I would imagine if you're really doing your job, like you're not, there's no autopiloting. It's like 110%. So you drain down 
so fast that yeah. like where I could get through eight hours of my normal job, like two and I'm done. Like I'm like, nope, I gotta. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's different. We had a question that came in today for you. They asked if we could both answer, but this is going to make probably make more sense for you because my answer is typically nothing. They want to know what you eat before a oh. show. How long, like how long before a show can you eat? What do you eat to like, Get the most energy because I know this yes. person who asked and they're in, they work in nutrition so they're curious. okay no it's such a good question and it's really a fine line because you do need enough sustenance but you also like I said earlier don't want to feel like you're gonna blow mud on stage <laughs> sorry to say it we um, talk about poop here it's, yeah it's, I love talking about poop I'm just gonna say it um so anyway uh it's very telling your poop um, who comes up in readings as well really like just I today guess. I was like is somebody um I literally, like, my stomach started hurting, which is usually colon cancer, but I oh. knew it was mild today, and then I was like, you basically hear, like, that, and I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, somebody uh, recently mark. changed their diet, and they are like, yes, and I'm like, was it giving, giving them, like, gas, and, like, I, I didn't want to say, I was just like, I didn't want to say, like, pops. I was like, just, like, bathroom issues, and they're like, yes, and I'm like, okay, oh, moving on, God. so poop does come out, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> so... Uh, what do I eat? So I usually, um, I have a parameter of like two and a half to three hours, definitely before a show. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's usually something that has a carb that's like solid. Like I don't, I, I, you know, used to eat a lot of salads and I realized like the dressing and the greens just did not bode well for a rest of the stomach. So anything that's going to like give me the sustenance, it's usually like a carb and a protein, like clean food, you know, not a lot of saucy type stuff. And that's me because I, you know, I'm pretty like sensitive with what I have before I do a show. Um, So I just keep it clean and it's two and a half to three hours before, definitely. Um, And if it's an evening show, then I make sure like I have a good breakfast and so that I don't have to eat a crap ton. Yeah. Now that said, after a show, I'm not one of those like, I'm not going to eat after the show. Like I, I go in after the show. (laughs) Um, And it, but it's tricky because then you're not home until like 10 45, 11 and then you eat and then you got to wind down. And so you're not in bed until, you know, the circadian rhythm gets a little messy, but did you have a hike between the Gershwin and home? Yeah. So I lived in Inwood. So I was about 40 minutes. Um, That's a hike. That's a hike. And then you count in New York subways on the weekend and it was like just a disaster sometimes but you know it was it was worth it oh yeah for me mine's typically nothing but it's also tricky because now i'm working and then i I start readings at four so for me i'll have coffee in the morning but then i'm like i can't eat i can't have nothing before so like if i get coffee again around noon i'll have something small but then I think my problem that I'm trying to work on right now is that, like you said, when I get out of the reading, I'm so hungry yeah. that whatever is in my sight, I will like eat. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that wasn't healthy. So that's one thing that I got to get better about. But it gets tricky because uh, if, if you're new to the, if you're new to watching the show, I, I did answer it a little bit in season one. But for me, because my body is used to tell the story sometimes of how someone passed. If I'm, if I, like I said, if I'm getting this, this is almost always kidney or colon cancer. But if my food is digesting, you, and I know better, but if, if you, I think for mediums that are newer and that are training, 
you might start to go, oh, I've got somebody here who who had colon cancer. Mm. No one had it. You're digesting your food. You just should not have eaten that Chipotle bowl before you're reading, boo. Coffee messes with me, too. So the one time I had Starbucks, uh, the brown sugar, the new one, the oat, the oat milk, oh, yeah, but I didn't realize how many shots were in it, and it, like, fucked me up. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. had it about an hour before the client came in, and thankfully I, like, chugged water to get it to kind of dilute Oops. my system, yeah. but I felt like I laid down to meditate, and I was like, the room is spinning. <gasps> so I'm like, oh, who's coming through right now? I'm like, did somebody have a, you know, a head issue? Yeah. It was a coffee. So luckily it was fine. The, the reading was great, but... See, on Broadway, or as a dancer, you go and perform, you're like, oh, I have gas. Like, that sucks, and I know why, but I can do my job. But you're like, is this somebody <laughs> with major IBS that's passed, or is this Bingo. just me? Like, it's, you know, no like, that's wild. I think what I'm really drawn to is this idea of, like, new dreams. Because mm. I think sometimes when I read a client, they grapple with the idea of, like, pursuing a new dream mm-hmm. and for me too i've had clients before that 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 will say something like well you told me about this new dream of mine that i could pursue and it didn't happen it happened i shouldn't say it doesn't happen it happened often it happened once and i remember i was like okay did you do anything to work toward it then like i told you and the answer was no and mm-hmm. i'm like just because i bring it up in a reading that there's a new venture do you know what I mean? I think yeah. there's this misconception that right if the action. medium's bringing it up, that it's going to fall into my lap. Yeah. Same thing happens with, with some Broadway folks I've read where I've mentioned, like, I see a job coming up. And they're like, well, I still didn't get the job. And I'm like, are you, you auditioning? Are you waiting for, like, offer only? Yeah. Like, like no. Like, so for you, where did – when did you even start to get the idea, like, I think I want to. I think I want to leave Broadway, leave theater, and pursue explore this part of of. Yeah, it was a super long process, and I'm still going through it. But I would say the seed was planted. I remember it very like clearly. I was like 27, and I had gone in for a final callback for Aladdin before it was on Broadway, and I like it was one of those auditions where I went into it thinking. I was going to get, I was like, this is mine. This is going to be my B-Way debut. It's all happening. Yeah. I'd already done some Wicked and all that, but um, I wanted to be in New York and did not get it. The audition just like fell through my fingertips. Um, I did not do well. I was prepared, I thought, but it just, I got in my head and was not good. And so I remember I lived in Brooklyn at the time and riding the subway home. I just like was sobbing and... I had glasses on, but I was on the subway, and I remember, like, I just wanted to be alone, and I felt this overwhelming sense of this business I've been in, the the highs and the lows, you know? Like, I had, at that point, booked my dream role in a chorus line, done Wicked, and there I was. I was back at home and on my own choice, catering and trying to book a Broadway gig, and I just, it just hit me to my core. And also, the landscape of living in New York, when you want to be alone and cry, you're around people all the time. Mm -hmm. So I just had this moment of, like, there's got to be something else out there. Like, I love this. I love what I do, and I know I'll do more of it. I was thinking to myself at the time, but I wanted, I need something else long-term. I know this isn't it for me forever. And that was both kind of, like, freeing but terrifying. And I'm dealing now more with, like, the terrifying side of it because I'm really making something else happen. But I'm also holding in this place of, like, I'm kind of mourning, like, my 
former career. And I mean, never say never. I mean, who's to say? Maybe I will be dancing on a stage again. And I would love to, but also, like, the seed was planted back when I was 27. And from there, it's always been in my head. And it's just manifested in getting my yoga certification. Then I was doing Wicked, and I was teaching at Body by Simone, dance cardio, training private clients, and but still doing this show and sort of living these, you know, doing these two different careers, you know. Um, so it's really been a process. And then the pandemic happened. And not that I thought, you know, oh, pandemic, this is my time, like, going to just uh, – open up a studio that all sort of happened like I said in the last year organically but um yeah hopefully that answers it like I was no, seed I, was planted a while ago and it's just been a um you know slow and steady process so you were eyeing the door pre-pandemic though yes I actually had left Wicked back in September of 2019 because I was the dance captain swing and yep. I was in that company in New York for almost five years and I left on my own account knowing that um, you know, I was leaving on good standings. I knew all the tracks that they, I, and they always need people to fill in. So sure. I was like, I'll leave. I can teach at, uh, BBS body by Simone and work on my health coaching stuff, but also be called back and work some weeks here and there at wicked. And that was happening. Um, and then the pandemic, I was actually booked at the show when the pandemic happened. I, I have to ask too, uh, cause this is another thing that Alicia Albright and I hit on and yes, because I get asked sometimes, does mediumship get old? And mm. I, I, my brain immediately goes like, you. And I think of like, she even said, she goes, we shame ourselves in our community for getting tired of our job. Because it's like, we're taught, yeah. well, if you got on Broadway, this is the highest. Uh, this is like How the dare upper you? echelon. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I guess... I, the experience of mediumship never gets old. It's never something that I that I take for granted because I do things to literally remind myself. Like I meditate before I go in. I write, like I know it sounds nerdy, but like I write a list down every day of why do I do what I do so I, I never go into it that. feeling like somebody's loved ones to channel was a chore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, it would break my heart to think that somebody went in and left, going like, "I think they were tired for this, and they didn't really want to do it." Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I only take two every other day because for me, it's it should never feel like a you know a, a chore or a job. Do I get tired? Are there days where I wake up and like? Because that's the other thing. Like, what people don't see at home is like if I have a reading at nine a.m., I'm up by like six forty-five yeah. to get here to wake up so that way that part of my brain because you would think like well if you're kind of groggy and sleepy does it work better no like i have to be up for like two to three hours before i can start to like be available bingo and so it, i don't think it gets it, it has never gotten old i've been worn out and like i just recently what a month a month ago two months ago mm -hmm. i had sold out that entire month sold out sounds weird but every day that i was booked to the max and like I remember I like had a meltdown driving home I, I I cried and I told my spouse I was like I need to go away for a night I'm like can I can you please hold down the fort I just need to like go to nature to reconnect and I went hiking and and he was great he was like go but for you like did does Broadway get old can I ask yeah it does so. I mean it gets like 
and again, Alicia's so right. Leave it to Alicia. I love her. Like, to use that, that word, shame, because it's true. We do shame ourselves um, for feeling tired and run down from our jobs. And um, it's kind of ridiculous because it is, after all, it is a job. And yes, for anyone that does, I would think, Broadway, you don't do that because you're like forced to. You're doing that because you want to, and it's a passion. So it's a wonderful thing and a gift to book a Broadway show. Believe me, there there are much harder jobs out there. There is no question. We're not, you know, like solving the world's problems. But at the same time, it's a lot of hard work and that schedule eight times a week, six days a week, working holidays, sacrificing not seeing your family and your loved ones, not being home for dinners ever and, you know, weekends. It's a lot. Like you look at that on paper, you're like, it's no wonder people get really tired and burnt yeah. out. And I think it's important to like hold space for that. And um, now, granted... On the other side of that, there are people that on social media just take it way too far and like complain about, it's usually, no offense, but it's usually people that are like from the age of like 20 to 25 that like write these posts about like, I'm so exhausted and, you know, everyone's exhausted, okay? Like that's <laughs> called working, right? Yeah. Like you have a good job. Yes, it's hard. No one's saying that it's not hard, but like you're not saying anything new to you or you or anyone else that's doing a job. Like... We're all tired, and yes, we do work a lot on the holidays, and it's fine, I think, to talk amongst each other about that, um, and we should, but at the same time, people do take it to the extreme, and, like, you just want to, like, that's that's life. Yeah. Yeah, that that has nothing to do with Broadway. No. It, no matter what job, you're, yeah. I think you're going to be like, oh, But I'm I think the, the parts of Broadway, though, that make it specifically hard to what the profession is, is the schedule. The fact that, to me, it wasn't my natural rhythm to get home at 11 o'clock at night every night and not go to bed until 1 o'clock and then wake up at 9. Like, I love now. I'm getting up at, like, 6.30, as you said. With your feet in the I dirt. I love to put my feet in the dirt. I did it this morning, <laughs> 20 minutes, grounding I into a journal. I did because of you. And then I, I just cut the grass yesterday, though, so that I was yes. like, so I'm literally out there. I'm, like, like igniting, like, my heart chakra, visualizing yes. light. Feet are in the ground. I feel good. And then I, like, walk into the house, but there's, like, all the grass within my yeah. toes. I'm like, fuck. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, grounding is everything, people. You're it If you're is. not doing it, you don't know what's up. I just watched the um, documentary. Uh, I think it's called Earthing. But there's this guy, Clint Ober. Sorry, not to go on a no, tangent. No, but no. he um, is, like, the earthing man. He started the whole movement. And he, I think he's in his, like, late 70s scientist. Um, and he has this company called Ultimate Longevity. Um, I just got some earthing pads from them. But... He did this documentary and said basically like what happens is when you're grounding, when your feet or your hands are barren in the dirt or the grass, you're getting a negative charge because the earth is negatively charged. And we are, we're like on fire. We're so positively charged and we're all electricity. So when you get that negative charge, he explained how your body cannot have information when you are standing on the ground. And um, so I just think that's fascinating. And I'm dealing with some back stuff here and there. So, and I... Without fail, when I do it for 20 minutes a day, I feel a world of a difference. It's I remember when I read you, I talked about an injury. Did, mm. I remember, I that I remember. I was sitting in your kitchen, and I talked about some type of, was it back? My I remember back. I talked about an injury that you yeah. had sustained, and I was like, you got to watch that. Like, yes. Because that's the other neat thing about mediumship. I will know. It's so bonkers. So clairsentience was the feeling. I remember my back started bugging me. But the clear cognizance is just the clear knowing. So when you mm. really start to develop it and grease it well, you can know if it's someone in spirit or if it's for the person in front of you. Mm. Like so immediately typically also 
no one typically dies from like the back. You know, I'm not like I have a soul here who died from the back. Right, right. Like unless they were, you know, shot in the back or like an accident. Yeah. I knew and um yeah, I remember that. I remember you bringing it up. And that's step one for us is that like I I'm not good about it. You don't have to for us you don't have to literally ground to ground. Mm-hmm. Like we we can visualize as as long as we're visualizing our feet in dirt barefoot and then yeah. I picture the roots that that pull me down to the core. I'm good. Like I will never do a reading without doing that. But yeah. Grounding. Wow. I want to talk about your business. So yeah. like you're back. You're here in Buffalo. So you've back. got Nikki Vin- I'm back. <laughs> um, Nikki Venditti Fitness and Wellness. Mm-hmm. Tell us all about it. Well, it's a um, wellness, fitness and wellness space. I'm going to be offering group classes. I'm starting with three different um, group uh, fitness class structures. One is uh, dance and tone, which is uh, dance. It's like a hit class. So you're getting the heart rate up, dancing, fun, sure. easy to follow dance moves, and then you're stopping and toning the body with like light free weights and bands. Um, and then you go back to dance and then you go back and then you work the lower body. So it's a full body workout. All the workouts are full body, um, whether they're high intensity or low impact. Sure. Um, they're all 55 minutes long. Um, so yeah, that's dance and tone. And then there's flow and tone, which is like the low impact offering. And that's, um, vinyasa yoga, um, based, but with toning as well, again, with the free weights and the bands, but it's just for people that maybe have injuries and can't do a lot of like jumping up and down and, you know, their joints are a little messed up. Um, and that's also a really good one for centering the mind because like we've already been touching on centering is super important to me. My whole thing is like, I want people to get fit, have fun and be centered. And I think all those things should coexist in, in any, like, wellness program. Um, and then the last offering is called Just Dance um, because it is Just Dance. And it's That's just, what I want to do. Yeah, you got to come. you got to come. It's going to be a <laughs> dance sweat fest. Um, again, like, easy to follow dance moves. And the thing about, like, dance, so my whole, like, love for dance cardio started in New York. Someone was a friend of mine was teaching it and was like, come to class, come to class. And in my head as a professional dancer, I'll admit, I was like a little stuck up about it. I was like, I dance for a living. I'm not going to go to some like Zumba class and dance, you know? So I went and between the music and the sweat and the endorphins and just feeling like I just worked my ass off, but had the most fun of my life. I was instantly hooked. And I was like, but it's a community aspect too. Yes. Yes. Like you I, get to high five that friend like yes. next to you. Yeah. And you go get the green juice after or that iced coffee. And you just, it, it, yes, it is. It's, it's all the, the stuff. I don't know if you were actually high fiving me. So I yeah. will meet you. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh, did I leave you? Um, <laughs> I know. Like when, when I would go spinning, it's, it's even, even riding the, like the Peloton when I, when yeah. I do, um, <laughs> just to see. The leader, like the, the fact that people can like high five you, and uh, to me, it, yeah. it just speaks like even with the pandemic right now, to feel connected of sorts to other people. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like yours is gonna flourish because this idea of finding community or like reestablishing community as we hopefully slowly start to come yeah, out come of back. this pandemic is gonna be, yeah, big. That's that's my hope. Um, the community hit on it exactly. That's like a huge pillar of of my business. Um, and it's also just about like the balance of it all. So many places do offer just like dance cardio or just yoga, um, but I am going to infuse all of those because they're actually a true part of like 
my fitness journey and what I have found through injuries, through balancing, you know, a super activated sympathetic nervous system of working on Broadway, living in New York. Like, what do I need? I need centering. I need to sweat, let it all out, but I need to always come back to a place of like calm before I leave the door. Cause then my cortisol is just like through the roof. And I think that's for most people. So that's why I'm offering the classes I'm offering and um, also doing um, private coaching as the functional health coach and um, private training as well. Private training stuff can be for someone who wants to, like, get ready for their wedding or if they just want to, like, learn some of the dances. Like, some people that I've trained before, you know, not everyone's ready to go in front of all these other people and, like, they're afraid they're not going to be able to keep up. And it's not – you don't have to be a rocket for these dances. But it's harder for some people and understandably so. So private training stuff, you know, I can break down stuff with people one by one and be that, like, dance captain again. I know I've told you before, but I wish there were more – people like you like alicia like there's people that you meet where like the joy literally like oozes out of them and like it's not a phony it's not a like like the uh, you're one of them like i just to watch you on your story where like like just where you're where you're dancing like you can see that's where this lights up um there's something that's magical thank you you just made it on Max's face from Shit's Creek. Right? Oh no, but I like really meant <laughs> no, it. No, I know, I know, but it, it was really. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> but I do. That's just probably because I'm it feeling was like genuine, I get but awkward it was so... with compliments sometimes, so I turn into Alexis apparently. <laughs> Thank you, and I sure. feel like the dancing fitness stuff has like makes me feel like I'm that kid on stage at Shay's for the first time again as cheesy as that may sound it really mm. does like bring me to this place of like i can pl- and the thing is i can play madonna i can play britney i can play Lil nas x like and the, and the music is really important to me too like it's just it's a vibe yeah plans for opening yes what are those so as we were talking about they have shifted a little bit so i'm basically i have a lot of great people helping me with different things but i'm essentially a one-man show kind of like organizing everything um, right now, and that's cool. That's all part of it. But um, so my flooring just came in. So I was uh, set to open, soft opening this Wednesday, the 19th of May. Um, it's going to get delayed a week, possibly two, depending. Because sure. I was saying to you again about centering. So, you know, starting a business, I'll be totally honest. I didn't realize how hard it was and how much like of like, I guess guts you could say it was going to take and I'm just day by day learning like, okay, this is it. We're on this track. It's happening. So all that is to say, um, I'm going to open either. I think it's the 26th. uh, That's a Wednesday. Um, or it'll be that following week, June 2nd and whatever week it is. Uh, my plan is to do a week of free classes. So people, I want to offer people a chance to just come try it out. And, You know, something like an offer of, you know, if you book a five-class pack in that first week when you're taking free class, you'll get an extra free class. Or if you do a 10-class pack, you can do get a free class and also a uh, pers- free training with me sure. to kind of experience that. But, um, yeah, the, the, the goal is to uh, just offer free classes for that first week because I really – I just want people to feel what it's like to be in a group setting again and not feel like the stakes are so high. And, um you know, and I'm also a new guy in t- uh, a new guy again in sure. town doing a new thing. So I uh, I want people to feel really welcomed and like they can just pop in. That's gonna be great. Yeah, you you hit the nail. Even with mediumship, like we're we're our own boss. Too. Yeah. and I'm lucky. Like my my spouse 
did the website design. He did, you know, all that stuff. But I mean, it is a lot. Like you're, yeah. you're the medium. You're the answering the emails back. You're getting all the Zoom links. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but right. like it kind Ooh, of child, is. It is. And there's that temptation to go like, especially when you're own you're your own boss and like. And I know you've got to be feeling this way too as a photographer. Like, when am I off the clock? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if if I don't answer mm. that email within five minutes, mm -hmm. are they going to lose interest? Mm -hmm. If I don't, even posting, like even posting on social media, yes. I'm like I was googling like demic, like what time is the best time statistically for people to view your a hundred percent done it? Yeah, I'm excited. Right in Williamsville, you got yeah. some some good coffee shops. Juice the yes. green juice. You got yes. some good spots Squeeze. where you go get our green juice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love Perfect. a sweat session followed by a green juice or like an iced coffee in the summer. Like, is there anything better? No, there's nothing better. Maybe some chips though. <laughs> At six a.m. <laughs> At six a.m. I am. Uh, I was finding. So before our dogs were getting up at like four in the morning for mm -hmm. food, mm -hmm. and so there were moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna let them out. But obviously we're not going to feed them because I don't want them to get in this habit. But like yeah. I would come downstairs and I was like, why are there like, why are there like chip crumbs? Um, I was like literally in you my 4 a.m. fog, like eating like food, like at 4 a.m. and like leaving crumbs. There was like blue cheese on the counter the one time. Oh, I was like cleaning it up rapidly before like my spouse got done. I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's real. So yeah, I had an ex that did that. You what? I had an ex that like would legit like eat like in the middle of the night. There'd just be candy wrappers. Yeah. And then and he wouldn't know where. But he did know. He somebody just wasn't I, aware of it. Somebody I read today and, and this is like and I know I and then I promise we'll wrap up, but the fun type of evidential stuff, this grandfather came through today and he showed me a bed with like chip crumbs in it and I was like Okay, I'm like a bag or a bed. A bed okay. with chip crumbs in it. Okay, and I started laughing so hard because, I, and I always like to say like if you're somebody that's watching this show and you're and you're not interested in the Broadway aspect, you're in you're wanting to train to be a medium. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to get their age or how they died as a piece of validation. Mm. You could give them something from the present, and to me that counts. And I was like, are you eating like chips in your bed at? Like during the day, like do you watch TV down here? Because I said I'm showing, being shown that you're trying to fall asleep at night, and then you turn and like you feel like sharp chip crumbs on your body. And she started laughing. She goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "Yes, I've been." She goes, "It's a really bad habit." And your grandfather's like, "Stop chills. eating! Stop eating chips in bed!" So I gotta wait. Just one thing. Yeah. When you read me back uh, when you did a couple August. months ago, back in August, oh my gosh, and we had gluten-free blueberry muffins. So um, good that you made. Yes. Yeah, so good. Wait, so <laughs> I just remember being in my kitchen getting the muffins ready, and you said, who's Linda? And that's my mom. And I was just like, it just like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is lit. And I already knew you were legit. I knew it. I felt it in my heart, um, of course. But um, yeah, that was something that you just like, it just right from that moment, it was like, you were tuned in, and it was incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh... Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I'm going to do that, like, nonstop now thank with you. Thank you. Wait, wait. Oh, that was good. I, thank you, David. Thank you. Oh, wait, that was not good. <laughs> um, wait, have you ever seen... Actually, there's the actress that plays Alexis. She, I don't know if it's a TikTok or YouTube, but she does Moira. Yes. 
She's like, in the lay of a picturesque ridge lies a small, unpretentious winery. Um, So good. Not only a medium, but... A comic and a bit of a... A comic. Just fold the cheese. You fold it in. (laughs) All this you got for the... Just for watching today. And now it's time for some last minute questions. If you were stuck as a ghost in a theater for all of eternity, okay. and you could only watch one musical. Oh, oh. um, hmm. I watch Wicked way too much. It probably wouldn't be Wicked, but, uh, or a chorus line. It might be Gypsy. I did see, um, not Bernadette. Patty. Um, Patty. I felt like she, it was a it was a lot. Like it was her energy was, was a lot. intense. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to watch Patty for the rest of my life. She's incredible, but I'd probably maybe then I don't want to watch Gypsy because that's kind of that role. I don't know. I saw it. I, I saw it in college, mm-hmm. and I remember being mesmerized with like Laura Benanti. Yes. Oh, Laura Benanti. It was one of those shows where I forgot that I was watching a show. Yeah. When the dressing room fight, um, I, I really forgot. Any character that you've played in the past or just a character that you um, enjoy that would benefit most from a medium? Mm. Oh, that's such a damn good question. I would say Paul. Absolutely. From a chorus line. Yeah, because you do have to wonder, you have to wonder if like, I mean, are we to presume that Paul's parents are still here by the time he's doing the monologue? Yes. Yes. I always felt that way. They were still there and just yeah. no contact. Yeah. But I think like his, um, well, he talks about um, uh, Sid Charisse and her, her yes. rags and everything in the old anime Hollywood Wong. and anime Wong and just those spirits. Maybe they would come through to him. Maybe they, you know. Bayork Lee actually told me all about like the actual it was one of the writers yeah. of the chorus line was who the character was based off of and he would hang on 72nd street where the one train is now that used to be called needle park because there were just a bunch of heroin addicts there and paul the character the actual person that would hang out there that's where he met all those like the people that like you know the creeps that came up to him and stuff and get out of yeah, here yeah and that's the stuff that fascinates me is that like that's the cool stuff that like you can only get first hand from talking with yeah. somebody like like her. You yeah, know, you can't read that in a book. And mm. yeah, it was neat. There were ghosts in that show too. It's like I don't know something about it because you're mm, because you're honoring your. I mean these these are all real people. Yeah, you know, Michael Bennett sat down with these folks. So I was from Buffalo, by the way. Yes, and I found out. I found out that my. Oh, gosh. Second cousin? Oh, I forgot what the last name is. His first name was Sammy. He was in the national tour. Wait, Sammy, did he ever direct at Art Park? I don't know. So Sammy directed the uh, Singing in the Rain I did at Art Park. The last name started with a V. Yeah, I think... Yeah, this might be the same. Little Italian guy. Yes? Yeah. Sammy, um, I don't know his Sammy last name. Sammy right. Yes! Yes! Okay. He directed the... The singing in the rain that I did. Okay, so and um, he knows Patty really, really well. Capone? No, <laughs> well, he might actually. <laughs> Patty Neal. <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
how look at me like trying to immediately find the bridge to Patty. I was like, oh, you're alone. <laughs> oh my god, I struck a chord. Well, apparently Sammy pissed off Michael Bennett when a chorus line was visiting. I want to say the show was in Toronto, okay, or Buffalo. So yes. he was like, Sammy was supposed to go on for one of the bigger tracks. He got they pissed off Bennett, and Bennett was like, "Nope, you're not going on anymore." So like, totally pulled the. Oh yeah, Bennett has done some things. I'm sure. I've heard stories about him in the line uh, at the opening night, like at the buffet, like just saying stuff to cast members, like after a performance. Hardcore, man. When I saw a chorus line at Art Park, mm -hmm. literally during what I did for love, the who's the casting director? Zach. Yeah. That Zach was in the bathroom and they didn't turn off his mic. No. So literally, she's like, "Kiss today," and you literally hear like pee going into a toilet bowl. And like no one could figure it out, and I'm like, I'm like, this isn't like rain. Like this was like clearly like thunderous pee going into yes. a bowl, and like Maggie's just like singing her bit, and or um, is it Diana Morales? It's, yeah, it's Diana. Yeah. Morales is yeah. singing it, and finally, like thirty seconds in, like it was a long pee. Um, we covered pee and poop today. They, they, um, they, they cut off the mic. But hundred years from now, when we're all not here, how? If you had a medium bring you through, how would you want mm. to? How would you want to be identified? How would you oh. want to say, "Oh, I've got Nikki here," and this person really would have been remembered as what? That's an amazing question. Um, I think I would want to come through to people as a like sense of calm, um, a sense of like, yeah. If the medium was sensing me, that they would say, "Oh, I feel like this like calm and like." you know, sort of centered, kind energy around. That's how I'd want to come through. I love when I bring folks through and I have, like, the, the client sitting in front of me and if I see the... The symbol sometimes make me, makes me emotional to talk about, but if I see a line wrapped around the block, that meant, like, the amount of people that came out for someone's funeral. Mm. And so, like... Just about a month ago, I had somebody right there, and I was like, this line wraps around like twice, and she started crying. I'm like, I literally can't say a bad thing about this person. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And just mm -hmm. to see the look on her face, to know that like mm -hmm. she was like, oh, we're talking about the same person was just mm. so. Oh, Jimmy. It was, it was neat. So I want to thank you so much for... You. We got an in-person one. A, a I real, know. I this know. is not digitally imposed. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being my guest. Everyone, I will, I will put Nikki's information up right on the screen so you can if you can check out his, his business Instagram, his Instagram yes. if you want to see posts of like his Broadway life, his business. Um, please check out when you're in the area my feet in the dirt the feet in the dirt yeah. your journaling your incredible business which i just i know is going to flourish and i'm so blessed to know you and um everyone at home be well be well and thanks we'll see you, you too bye, bye. <laughs>